Welcome to the show that teaches you how to move out of your parents' house. And now, What's With Millennials Podcast. One day, a group of concerned citizens got together to conduct an experiment. They wondered, what would happen if you mixed together smartphones, mocha frappuccinos, and college debts? When all was said and done, this is what they got. Three, two, one. In a world where millennials have no idea what the f they're doing with their lives, what's with millennials podcasts? And now, here are your hosts of the show. Hello, and welcome to a brand spanking new What's With Millennials podcast, where we talk about pop culture, tech, and media. I'm your host, Diodonis, sitting here with co-host... Truex. And special guest... Coach Big Learn, Joseph Lerma here. Yes, that is absolutely correct. Hello, Mr. Lerma. Yes, for those of you who don't know, we have special guest... Yeah, be careful, Chris. We have special guest, Joseph Lerma. He is a wellness professional that works at Good Life Nutrition... Herbalife and Appreciation Financial. That is correct. Thank you for coming in today. Thanks so much for the invite. Yeah, no problem, man. It's how we get down. It's how we get down. Whoop, whoop, party. Uh, yeah, but how has everyone's week been so far? Joseph. It's been phenomenal, actually. Yeah? How about awesome. y'all? It's been good. It's been going good. Chris, what's new with you, man? Not much, man. I'm excited for uh, the beginning of August, but outside of that, I don't have much going on. Really? Just my typical work and disc golf. Although I do get a lot more days off. I'm really enjoying my job. Oh my God, isn't that awesome? Yes. Isn't it lovely when you get to do whatever the heck you want to do? Yeah. The freedom <laughs> is really nice. Oh yeah. Now, um, my week has been uh, pretty entertaining. Um, I actually just came back today from seeing, uh, what is it called? Valerian? Valerian? Oh, the new movie. Yeah. Yes. How was it? How was it? It was awesome. Nice. It, I... I was worried because I saw a lot of online information uh, or reviews that were like, eh, it's kind of like they're kind of iffy on it. Um, it's very good with its special effects. Mm-hmm. Top of the line. It basically is the Star Wars movie without Jedi. So it's a lot of like gun shooting and stuff and all that. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I really nice. liked it. I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it I almost it looked like, um, what's that movie with the blue people? Smurfs? No, not the Smurfs, but like they're on the planet and they're like digging like... Oh, Avatar. Yeah, Avatar. That's what it almost kind of looked like an Avatar-ish type of movie. It It has the graphics of Avatar, but it has nothing. Like (laughs) Avatar. Okay, I've just seen like commercials here and there. Yeah, yeah. Pay attention. It it has an alien species, I guess, that could kind of be like the Avatar species, but it's not like revolves all around you know what i mean yeah um but there was that and oh my gosh okay so earlier this week i actually had to deal with uh almost cutting off my cable oh um well not my cable my internet um so i use comcast and uh they i I was with them for a little bit over a year and i noticed that my internet bill started going up like without any kind of warning or anything like that and it went up twice oh 
Yes. Not so cool. I went from I ended up uh, I ended up going from forty nine ninety nine to like eighty dollars a month. Oh. Yes. So I called them and. You know how like there's certain stereotypes with certain things like we're we all used to be car salesmen. There's a stereotype of like sleazy car salesman that everyone's a jerk. I know that's true for Chris, but I mean like for hey, like hey, us. Hey, like, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding, but you know um, it's true for the cable company because I called them. I said, hey guys, you know I'd like to cancel. But the trick is to call them and tell them that you're going to cancel your cable. Yes. yes. Even though you're not, you may not necessarily be wanting to do that. And that you also found a better, a competitor with better service and half the price. Exactly. Exactly. So I ended up doing just that, and then they're like, oh wait, hang on, um, we have a special thing going on here. Uh, let me go ahead and lower it right back to where the f- it was before. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, sure, do that. Save me some. I really appreciate it. The trick is, like you guys are saying, say that you found it. Don't start off with competitor. Just start off with saying, hey, I need to cancel my cable. It's unaffordable for me anymore. And then when they say why, and that's where you go into, oh, I found somebody else, blah, blah, blah. And then um, that's when they offer you, oh, well, if we could lower your cable back to where it was, blah, 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 would you stay? Oh, yeah, yeah, it would save me so much time. A lot of people get it wrong where they feel... That they have to be like, oh, I'm going to go off on this mother You need to bring down my price back down to where it was. No, you want to win them over. You want to make them feel good for helping you out. Yeah. Is what I found. It's kind of like being in the booth with a customer. Exactly. Exactly (laughs) like that, right? It's a strategy of you knock them up high and you just bring them right back. (laughs) Exactly. So another way that that car sales has helped me out in real life. Thank Mm -hmm. you, car sales. Yes. Always be <laughs> now, um, the topic for today that um, I wanted to cover was uh, imposter syndrome. Do you guys know what imposter syndrome is? No. I do not. No. Okay. So what imposter syndrome is, it's basically like um, it's whenever a person reaches a very renowned status in the workplace and they feel that they are unworthy of that status. And that is becoming more common. Um, There was actually an article in Forbes that stated it was like 30% or 33.33% of uh, millennials that are in the workforce feel that way. Isn't that crazy? Hmm. Very crazy. So, yes. um, But before we, you know, get into that, I actually um, wanted to talk to you, Joe, about how the hell you lost 80 pounds this man right here used to be 80 pounds heavier and lost it all 80 pounds that is like yes right that's that is like losing like a teenager <laughs> essentially <laughs> yes that's that's what my is, nine-year-old yes yeah. <laughs> right yeah. what is it like losing a, a another body like a whole other person well i'll tell you what because when i was 249.2 pounds i was selling cars and i was mm-hmm. pounding the pavement in a suit and tie in summer oh my god so the the chafe is real yeah. <laughs> but right exactly right? yeah so yeah i feel like a different person you know i feel like i can do anything that i want to now and definitely didn't before the only annoying part is having to change wardrobes like five times yeah when you know when you know you gotta that's a good dress problem nice. to have that's a good problem it's to a have good though. problem but yeah yeah <laughs> but no it, it feels amazing now, um, something else that has been happening more recent is that there has been a lot of deaths 
recently, and um, one of them was what's dude's name? Chris Charlie. Chester uh, Bennington? Chester, yeah, Chester from Bennington. From Lincoln Park. From Lincoln Park, the lean singer. So I think it was also important for us to, you know, tackle the elephant in the room right off the bat. Because I feel that so when it comes to self-worth, it's a me- mental and a physical thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so how important is mental health when it comes to physical health? So we have a saying in Herbalife, and Herbalife is, by the way, how I did the 80 pounds, but we have a saying that it is 20% fitness, 80% nutrition, and 100% mindset. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, if you are having the means available to do whatever it is you want to do, whether it's make an income, uh, accomplish a health goal, you mm-hmm. know, get a, get a pay raise at your job, whatever it is, if you have that ability and we all do but you don't have a mindset that will get you there you're not going to accomplish anything exactly yeah so mindset is the first thing that has to change in order for you to change any position in life one of my favorite uh mentors in mindset is jim Rohn, who was a uh, motivational speaker Mm -hmm. and also part of our company and he had a saying that you know you are not a tree you can change locations so if your mindset can change then you can change your circumstances now Joseph, do you prefer Joe or Joseph? Or just learn about it? As long as it's not scumbag or late to dinner, I don't scumbag, care. I'll respond. Scumbag Joseph. <laughs> what would you say is the most challenging thing that people in general have to overcome when it comes to weight loss? Uh, lack of consistency. Because there are so many um, means to that end of losing weight. But one of the reasons that what I do works is I have an accountability system, something that is extremely simple and, uh, also a reward system that enables them to see exactly what their progress is every week. So, okay. Yeah. So like I have the ability to, you know, sit them down and tell them, okay, so in seven days, you've dropped 2% body fat, you've added a pound of muscle mass, and you're retaining 2% more hydration level. So good job. Keep going. But one of the hardest parts is, you know, it takes roughly two weeks or more to uh, retain a habit as something that is part of your lifestyle now. So it's very, very difficult for people who are flying solo to you know, implement something. Yeah, I got a gym membership. I, you know, I'm going to meal prep for an entire week. And then they get five days in and then their friends are having pizza mm-hmm. and kind of like the pizza we got right here. God, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, they have that one instance where they mess up and then it's like, ah, I'm done. Yeah. You know? So it's, uh, I think consistency would probably be the, the largest, uh, speed bump that people encounter with that. Now, Losing 80 pounds is nothing to shake your god finger at, right? No, but people will still try. <laughs> so what what did you find that worked the best for you with staying consistent, with staying positive and having you know, a, a positive uh, mental stability? Basically surrounding myself with people who were successful in that area mm-hmm. and be having an accountability system in place. So having the ability to have a coach where I could, you know, send pictures of every snack and every meal to and have them say, great, that looks good. Or no, you need to eat more or, you know, that's horrible. Why are you eating white rice? You need to ask mm-hmm. for brown rice next time or whatever. Um, that would probably be the the two most helpful things I would think. So people holding you accountable. Exactly. Okay. And like, people with the same, like on the same journey with the same goal in mind. 
Okay, for sure. Okay, that makes sense. So like you busting me out for my goddamn pizza. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that right yeah. there. <laughs> there is the bus and there you are. Yes. <laughs> now um something that, that Chris was uh um a witness to was the argument that I had on his Facebook Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> About uh, Chester Bennington. Exactly. And it actually had to do with the comment I posted. And I said, you know, well, it looks like there's no more Lincoln Park. Uh, Chester Bennington took the coward's way out. Yeah. Now, for the listeners who don't know, I don't know how anyone doesn't know. It's blasted all over my Facebook. But Chester Bennington ended up uh, committing suicide. He was a lead singer of Lincoln Park. Correct. Um, I would think like one of the most popular bands back in the nineties, all the way up. And even now it's still one of the mm-hmm. most popular bands. Yeah. Now I, I got into this full blown argument with this guy on Facebook, basically defending Chris's honor. <laughs> I was defending Chris's honor saying that basically if you were to commit suicide, that one, it's a big issue because whatever you're going through has to be terrible. I can't, I can't even fathom you know, I can fathom wanting to commit suicide, but actually going through the act, like you have to be in a whole complete, like different mindset. And you're having in a the different feeling, world. Exactly. The, just the feeling of hopelessness. Yep. You're, you're in a different world. You're in a different world. How, how do you guys feel about that? Like, do you, I know Chris, that you said that he, you felt that he was a coward it, for it. Not, That's, not, not or, a coward. Okay. Not a coward, but I'm saying he was a coward. Yeah. I'm f- I will straight up say that, yes, that is the coward's way out. As soon as I found out that he had six kids that he was leaving behind. That, that's, yeah, he, at that point, he's a coward. But I, 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 I tread lightly on, on the suicide level of stuff, too, because suicide it really isn't a joke. There's, no. It's a mental illness, or it's, it's something that you just don't feel you can get out of. I, I, I can admit I've had thoughts of it. Never was I suicidal where I was actually going to go through with it, but I thought about it. Uh, and uh, so I, I can't be on the same level as, as some people that have gone through it or survivors yeah. of suicide, whatever it may be. But I feel it's a coward's way out because every time I, I, I thought about it, I went, no, I have my kids and I have my mom and I have my, my sister and I have my nieces and I, it, I have a whole slew of people that love me. And that's not fair to them. You're absolutely right. Uh, you, so, it, yes, it is a coward's way out, but those people need help, though, too. No, you're absolutely right. That Joseph, being a conqueror of mental capacity. A conqueror. A conqueror. Like Braveheart. Like Braveheart. Like Mel, the, Mel Gibson, except less racist. Oh, and yeah, I wear yeah. hats. <laughs> well, well, Mel Gibson also played a great character in Patriot, too. And yes, he did. Same kind of style. You can be a Patriot racist. I don't, I don't mind that. Hey, hey. Um, <laughs> but b- besides the racist part... Joseph, how, how do you feel about people who feel so low that they have to commit such an atrocity, such a, a sad state of mind? How, how do you feel about that? Well, I think, I mean, it plays into mindset again, but so many of the, not necessarily reasons for suicide, because I won't even get into that, but all of the people who are in that state of mind either have um, a lack of mindset, as in they have no established true value of themselves as a person, Mm -hmm. or they have yet to identify what I would call their why, their, their purpose for life. And I think that's a large problem, especially since we're talking about millennials in general, 
that so many people our age or not even our age, older, younger, have no freaking idea why they're here or what they want to do. They'll get through 10 years of college and still not know what they want to do. They will, you know, have five jobs in two years. I've had a lot of jobs. I'm not going to lie. But um, <laughs> they, they have just yet to discover their purpose. So I think um, mindset and the adjustment and healing of it is another uh, another big reason why I do what I do, too, because I'm not only a you know, a weight loss coach, and that's not even what I would call myself, but I'm a, I'm kind of a life coach in some ways too, because my people, I establish such a relationship with them that they're able to talk to me about whatever they're going through. So when I encounter that, establishing uh, their value and their purpose is like the main two things that I focus on. Because if you know who loves you and you know why you exist, you're never going to have the opportunity to have any sort of suicidal thought in yeah, your brain yeah. or it'll be immediately dismissed. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And you know what? The, the, the rise of life coaches and therapists to me have been freaking interesting. Why? Because that says that in society, we have to have someone to push us to be our true selves. We have to have someone to freaking we have to pay for someone to talk to us. <laughs> That's and even self. the person that, you know, in most cases, a therapist, you end up talking most of the time. They yeah. just say, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, how, exactly. how do you feel about that? Yeah. Exactly. But how ridiculous, like how crazy, I'm not discrediting, you know, life coaches or, or therapists at all, but it's to the point now where we are missing that social interaction that you're providing to people that we, we have to go out and find it. We can't find it in our immediate vicinity. Mm-hmm. We can't find it in our friends. We can't find yeah. our family. The, everyone's more like an enabler or they're, we're so focused on ourselves. That's the problem. Everybody's focused on themselves. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a busy life. Life goes too fast and nobody ever slows down, stops and goes, hey, I need to like be more interactive with people. Mm-hmm. I'm guilty of it too. I go to work, I go home. I go to work, I go home. I don't mm-hmm. take time in between to go to a friend's house To stop house and get lemonade. Or, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> he was I, supposed to I, get me goddamn. Lemonade. I went to the gas station. They're all out of the damn lemonade. So I got you the cherry limeade, and you said you didn't want it. You ungrateful asshole. <laughs> with that said, we're gonna go ahead and get started with some news. Chris, hit it. News, 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 news. I'm not as good as Jeremy on that, but it's all right. All right. <laughs> all right. In news, George A. Romero passed away. You guys know who that is? No. He no. is the original father of z- of the classical zombie movie. Oh. So he made the original Dawn of the Dead, which is where uh-huh. he made the zombies that rise from the graves and then like walk slow and eat other uh-huh. people and stuff. So he was in his 70s. He ended up passing away. He uh-huh. inspired The Walking Dead yeah. and, and all that. So, um, but yeah, but he passed away. So I know what a shame. Or did he? He was. Ooh. Ooh. Did he turn? What, is is it actually, the beginning of the, apo- heard, the zombie apocalypse? <laughs> he has <laughs> turned. If there was ever to be a zombie, he would be the first zombie. He he, he should be the first zombie if he was gonna be one. Be reanimated. That'd be that'd be crazy that'd and be scary and and kind of happy because he'd be alive, but not really. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, moving forward, Mike <laughs> Mike Vick and Colin Kaepernick. So, uh, uh, in an interview, Mike Vick basically said that uh, Colin Kaepernick is. Sh- 
He said yeah. that he sucks <laughs> and that he sucks big uh, uh, donkey. You know what I mean? And uh, penile. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, Chris, I know you have some feelings on that because uh, I think you talked a little bit about that. I how, did. How do you, how do you feel did. about that? I did. You know what? My, Michael Vick was a good football player. He was an asshole of a person, and you, you, you pointed that out. I mean, who fights dogs, kills them for, for game and money when you're already making millions of dollars? Like, that's just stupid. I mean, spend your money on hookers or strippers or something. Don't do that. But I'm just saying, it's a, it, why are you going to do that to dogs? But Kaepernick, I hate Kaepernick. You said, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I used to be a huge fan of him. And, yeah. and um, the, that, I, I, his political belief is fine. I just don't think you bring it to the field. And his whole personality and attitude on the field for yeah. us fans completely changed. He acted differently. He 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 played differently, and he just wasn't the same person. So yeah, yeah, I agree with that. You're so right. so both of them, I think, suck. And uh, I don't care about their feud really. Like I made a comment on it, but honestly, it wasn't something that that touched my heart in any way, yeah. <laughs> whatsoever. Now, uh, Joseph, are you a football fan? Uh, basically the only sport that I understand and don't suck at is volleyball. Okay. So you don't give a shit about these exactly. guys. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> Mike, my stance with these guys, Mike Vick basically was a guy who played on, uh, in Atlanta on the Falcons. And he was one of the most famous, uh, quarterbacks of our time. And he was notorious for being able to not only throw, but he could run really, really fast. Hmm. Like he could, he could have been a running back, but he was just really, really tall. But uh, and he so, had a good arm. And he had a good arm. So nice. they're like, we're going to make a quarterback. He was basically the first of uh, Russell Wilson and Colin Kaepernick's and RG3's. and Yeah. So huh. like bringing back the realm of really excellence, all-star quarterbacks. Gotcha. Um, so anyway, but he, he ended up uh, getting sent to prison because he had a bunch of dogs and he would make them fight with each other. And he would have like competitions with other people, and other people would like fight with all pit as a pit bull fights. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. pit bull fights. They would just fight each other, and whoever the losing dog was, they would kill him. Mm-hmm. So he got in trouble for that. And uh, basically, in, in in an interview, like I said, he basically said Colin Kaepernick sucked, and Colin Kaepernick was the guy who kneeled on the field whenever the national anthem would play. Do you remember hearing about that at all? He was like the one that didn't do it, right? Yeah, he was the one who didn't kneel. Um, no, he did kneel. He didn't stand. I'm sorry. He did kneel. So oh, he would kneel you. instead of holding his hand over his heart. Mm-hmm. Now, where I differ to this, because originally I was I was on Chris's um, playing field where I was like, hey, man, what are you doing? Like, you shouldn't be doing doing this over there. But I completely flip flopped. Yeah, I completely did. changed. <laughs> um, I feel that the reason why he's doing it is because he's making a statement right now. If if whatever platform that you have, right? If you personally feel about a certain way, so like say if you were a musician, right? You're a famous musician. You would use your platform to get across whatever ideals that you have, if you're tra- whatever political statements that you have, right? Absolutely. Because you're using your platform. If you, if you have eyes on you, mm-hmm. you should use it in a positive view to whatever that you feel right. is positive, it's right? An impact. So I feel that Colin Kaepernick is honestly peacefully protesting. How much more peaceful protest can you show than to say absolutely nothing? Or if you think about it, like 
at the end of the day, and, and Chris, we go about this oh, yeah. back and forth all day, oh, every, yeah, you know, every other day. But you know that as of right now, black people aren't necessarily getting the best treatment out there in society. And when you feel a certain way, the best way that you can protest it would be, I would say, in the, you know, the wise words of Dr. Martin Luther King, nonviolence, nonviolence. Um, yeah. but I mean, how, how much, what could you do in order to win people over more? I mean, the, the, the opposing argument to this would be, Hey, he's not respecting the troops. Um, he's showing disrespect to America, but not just because you don't want to respect or show respect to the national anthem. A lot of people don't know that there was a third verse in the national anthem that actually talked about slavery that they ended up uh, eventually taking out. So not showing respect necessarily to a song doesn't mean that he's saying Fuck you to the country. It just means that he's trying to fight oppression. That's the way I look at it. Well, I, 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 I see that side of it. Yeah. It, it, when, it, when, it, when we, whenever that conversation, I see that side of it. Yeah. My thing is, is if you have the platform, use the platform in a different way, not where the fans are, are there for entertainment, not for a political... People go to watch football games or baseball games mm-hmm. or go to the movies to get away from life and the political atmosphere. So do it. Use your platform, but do it outside of your actual job. I think... It, I, it, it, that's, that's where yeah. I stand. Peacefulness is great, and he's doing it the mm-hmm. right way, but when it comes to the flag and, and your job and everything... Leave it out of it. Leave, stay out of that side of it. You're saying stay, stick to your job. And yeah. Just entertain people. It, it, when you're there, but outside of that, you're fam- You're famous. You mm-hmm. have the fame. You can use that in any way you want to outside of that actual yeah. job. My argument to that would be: Does all the black people who get shot have a choice? Does Do all, all the, the white all the people, people that get, get shot have a choice? No, and that's why we are here. Yep. And at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, we're talking about it. Yep. So it's it's accomplishing exactly. what it needs to do. And that's why I love um, you, Deodonis. Speaking of, of black, I people. I love you so much. <laughs> I just I just want to kiss you. I wait. I, I would sorry. Want to <laughs> kiss me too. <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> Speaking of black people um, getting arrested, OJ. Uh, OJ had a hearing. Chris is like, oh. OJ had a hearing and was released. He was in prison for like nine years for like a 30 some odd year mm-hmm. sentence. It was, uh, was, has it been six years or nine years of a 33 year sentence? It was like, yeah, it was something like that. It <laughs> yeah. was, I think it was nine, but it might, it could have been six. Usually you, 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 you serve a third of your time, not like he's OJ, a quarter of your time. He's OJ. So he does whatever he wants. Yeah. Anyway, so OJ, you know, uh, do you know who OJ Simpson is? Joseph? Okay. <laughs> 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 so OJ, he um, got arrested about six or nine years ago, several years ago, and um, it was because he was in, I believe it was Las Vegas, and he was trying to steal some memorabilia that was licensed to him, but he never got paid for it or something like that. Kind of. It, mm-hmm. it was he was trying to steal memorabilia that I think he sold. Okay, it was licensed to him, but sold it to other people when he was going through all his financial crisis mm-hmm. and everything else, and then went to go steal it back because that you know, guy wouldn't give it back or sell it back or something probably like that. repossessed or something like that honestly is what probably what it was but either way <laughs> 30 years is something ridiculous for that regardless now i know some people out there are like oh well oj did you know killed his ex-wife whatever blah 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 which is most likely true probably did but this was for this crime and for this crime 30 years for stealing that's it was armed. 30 years 
for arm stealing. <laughs> but you know what, what? What really turned it for me too was that the guy that he he held up came to his hearing and said that he should be let go from this. Really? Team, which I think, yeah, exactly. Which I think also was that's that's kind of the deciding factor. Yeah, for the it really board. is. Because yeah, because then that guy probably got like a bunch of autographs or something. I don't know. Or that um, guy was told he was gonna lose like an arm or something if he didn't go and do that. Yeah, no, I don't like, know. They're in Vegas, so yeah, right. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so here's what you want to say, right? Now let's talk about sex, guys. R. Kelly. Yeah. R. Kelly. Oh wait, no, R. Kelly. I'd, I want to stay out of the R. Kelly section. Damn. This won't be quick because they're still they're still getting information on this. But apparently, R. Kelly might have. Allegedly, Pete on had, someone else again. Well, no, no besides oh. that. Well, okay. yeah, you're in trouble. <laughs> but had um, sex slaves. Oh, slaves for sex. Now, wow. while that might sound like a awesome porno, that is not okay in real life. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no. Um, especially since we have Joseph here. Joseph, being an ex sex slave, how, <laughs> how do you feel about? R. Kelly music. And I just found this out. You were a musician. Yes. How do you feel about sex slaves in music videos? I think that if you have to utilize that as a form of attraction, your music game sucks. Oh, take that R. Kelly's piss. Yeah. Chris, being an opinion opinionated uh, piss specialist. Yes. How do you feel about R. Kelly having sex slaves? Um, potentially, allegedly. Potentially, allegedly. I mean, that's kind of pimpish. I mean, put some like baby powder on your hand and smack the. Um, okay. But 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 <laughs> oh at the God. same time, I think it's horrible. Unless the women actually wanted to be sex slaves and they were being fed and taken care of and whatever, then that's their choice. Now, R. Kelly is one weird ass dude. He's very weird. He is a weird ass dude. This is the same guy who freaking uh, wore a mask. In public, yep. that was really, really weird. It was known for a while for pissing on some 15-year-old. Yeah. Like 15. And he got acquitted because it wasn't sex. He just pissed on her. And it was recorded. Um, <laughs> yeah, so piss on a girl. And right now, he's dating. She's like 19 or 20. Um, and he's like almost 50 or in his 50s. Yeah, like he's, that's He's like 30 years older than her. He's yeah, 30 years he's, older. He's How, yeah. creep. <laughs> Creep, just straight it's creep. Weird. That's the that's the woman when they're walking down the street, they get the chills because there's a guy behind them. It's that guy. It's R. Kelly. It's, it's R. Kelly. It's exactly. a, Dude, like the way that R. Kelly dresses is like how I dressed when I was like 13. Like just baggy, just like yeah. just weird imprint backwards hat. Like it's, <laughs> yes. At least it's not when I was young because when I was young, you were dressing like vanilla ice and crisscross. Chris Why would Krauss I dress like Vanilla jump, Ice? Jump. I would never have that hairstyle. I, it, it wasn't just the hairstyle. Well, MC Hammer too. I came came from that. I had the parachute pants and the slip-on sneakers and or shoes and. But uh, I would wear my. Uh, I'd wear overalls and I'd take one off. You oh know, one side off. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, or I'd wear my overalls backwards like Chris Cross. Sorry. Oh my god. Tangent. Yeah. Uh, hey, what was the style? I, 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 I'm, I'm sure. I, I'm the first year of millennials, all right? So I'm not a millennial. Mm. I say that all the time. I'm oh, a baby. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, recently, Disney had its uh, conference, D23. Yeah. Now, at this... Okay, now, if, if you know if you know Diodonis, you know that I am the biggest Disney fan 
in the world. I, I can literally Disney. quote Finding Nemo from start to finish. Really? Okay, yes. you might be bigger than that me. That is then. awesome. <laughs> you might be bigger than me. Um, so they just really uh, recently had their conference, yeah. and at their conference, they had a couple of exciting news. They had Wreck-It Ralph 2. Yeah. Ooh. I know, right? I'm excited for that one. They have Kingdom Hearts 3, um, which is a video game. Yeah. Uh, they actually, uh, <clears throat> it's a video game where the last video is one of my favorite video games, but it's a video game where the last one was released like 10 years ago. And it is a game where you are a character who travels to different worlds and every different world is a different Disney movie. Oh, that's kind of cool. Right. You never heard of it. No. Oh my gosh. You guys are missing out. <laughs> like, hey. Do you have it? No, but I probably should get it. Yeah. Um, it's not out yet. The, well, the third you, one's not it's out. It's the but. third one. You don't have the first two? Um, I had it on my, old, on my old games. It was like on PlayStation 2. Uh, it's like PlayStation 4 now. <laughs> so, I mean, they re- recently remastered it. Um, so, I guess I can I can go ahead and get the remaster. But, I don't know. Playing old games, I, I always feel like, eh. <laughs> um, but, yes. No, they're, they're coming out with that. So, I'm super excited for nice. that. Um, they They debuted one of the newest levels which was toy story so i'm excited for that because they haven't had toy story in uh any of the other levels before any of the other games Mm. um they have a couple of live action movies coming out shocker they have aladdin oh oh they're doing a live action aladdin they're doing a live action i haven't seen the beauty and the beast yet either i haven't either no that was pretty good i was i I was a little skeptical i was a little skeptical because um i didn't think that Belle was a perfect fit because i found her like i don't find her attractive who who is who played it um what's her name um hermione granger from harry potter yeah, Emma uh, something. Uh, right? Emma Stone. No, 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 no. no. Emma Watson. 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 There, there we go. go. Yeah, Emma Watson. Someone out there is like you. <laughs> Emma Watson. Uh, but yeah. Which which one was in La La Land? Emma Stone. Emma Stone. That was okay. Emma Stone. So Emma Watson is the from Harry Potter. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that that actually ended up being good. But yeah, they're gonna release Aladdin. That's gonna be. Good. They're gonna do Lion King live action. Yes. Yes. That's have, my favorite um, Disney movie. I think. Who did they have? Um, I forgot who they had. They had someone really good for Scar, uh, but I forget. Uh, I forgot have Liam Neeson be Scar, or no, Liam um, Neeson be the. Uh, the other guy. That would be awesome. Mufasa? Yeah. Mufasa that would be awesome. Yeah. No, they need to get James Earl Jones to do Mufasa. Ooh. Mufasa. Wasn't he originally Mufasa? Yeah. Yes. And that they, voice. They don't do that, though. So, no, like, for instance, no, they don't, but they uh, should. For, for instance, for Aladdin, for Genie, you guys take a guess who's going to be Genie? Will Smith. How you know? Because I heard. Oh, okay. Oh, Will Smith's going to be Genie. That's a good choice. <laughs> that's a good choice. <laughs> he already has a goatee down and everything. Hey, right. Um, and then Mulan. Gonna do a Ooh, live action that should be that, good, right? I hope so. Uh, Eddie Murphy coming back? That'd I be wish, cool. I know. As <laughs> a know, dragon, <laughs> that's something that I found. Even though that like uh, they're doing these live action versions of their movies, typically they're not the same actors, no, even if they no, are alive. No, mm-hmm. I know, but they should. There's some of them they should. Yeah, Eddie Murphy for sure being one, and Robin Williams if he was alive. Oh, that would be fucking yeah. awesome. But yeah. Will Smith's a good choice. That'd be so yeah. awesome. I wish they did do it while he was still alive. Yeah. Right. right. All right, and um, so a couple of other movies are going to do Mary Poppins 2 yeah. and Toy Story 
4. Yeah. yeah. Toy Story 4. Toy Story 4. And that's not going to be live. That's just going to be... No, it's just... Yeah, well, okay. yeah, that'd be yeah, kind of cool. That'd be kind of Yeah, exactly. Hey, you do want to watch that one with mushrooms or something. It's a... And, uh, <laughs> don't do drugs. <laughs> oh, yeah, right? <laughs> now, one of the things that I'm super excited about that they released from... Uh, from D3 is that they're going to have a Star Wars theme park. Edition. Yes. Have you heard about that? Yes. Yes. Now, the great thing about this is that they said that every single person who is there is going to have like their own story. So it's almost like a role play Ooh. hotel experience. Yeah. You look out your window, right? They, they made it so that when you look out your window, you just see outer space. That's cool. In the lobby, in your room, like, yeah, exciting. So I definitely want to do that. I think they said that it might only be in um, Disney World, though. Mm, very good, it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but yes, but let's go ahead and get started with our actual topic, imposter syndrome, with this edition of If You've Been Living Under a Rock with Announcer Man. Imposter syndrome, an experience where a person who has achieved a certain higher level of status feels that they are unworthy of its benefits. This shared feeling is not uncommon amongst the working class of today. Counterintuitive to how millennials are portrayed, is this feeling just a phase or is it an example of how rare it is to achieve status in the workplace? This has been If You've Been Living Under a Rock. I want to use that filter. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Can I read it again? <laughs> if you want to, I'll let you read that. But um, how, have you guys ever felt imposter syndrome? Like what you're working at isn't deserved? At any point in time. I feel like I still don't comprehend the what it is syndrome. So what imposter syndrome is basically is where you get into your certain line of work and it is a highly accredited job status, job level status, okay. right? And you feel unworthy oh, of got attaining you. that level of status. As a person. As a person. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So and then the question was? Have you ever felt that way? I haven't felt that way in a job. You haven't? No. I've felt that way in my life, in my marriage. Yeah. At one point, I felt like I was undeserving, but I was going through a ton of shit. But yeah, that's, I, I feel like maybe being married and, and being the head of the house and taking care of kids and, yeah. and going through a financial crisis at one point. It, yeah, I, I think I felt unworthy of it at that yeah. point in time. Now, this is something too that I was talking about uh, to Joseph earlier was that I would consider us a different kind of people, like a different level of people. Like um, everyone here has worked as a car salesman. Which means that we're used to being rejected. Um, we're used to people telling us no. We're used to trying over and over and over again, even though we might get the same result because we don't take no for an answer. Yeah. Now, the average person, which it feels sometimes, 
that when you succeed, and I felt this before, and I'll, I'll talk about this too, that when you succeed, that is unworthy. For instance, what happened with me is um, I used to do music a lot, uh, and I used to be a rapper and a singer, and there were times where I would get on stage and I would perform, right? And I always felt like my music was good, but when I'd get off stage and I get people like coming up to me and be like, "Oh man, you're so awesome! That you know, that's really good. I love your music. When you know, buy an album," I would kind of be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, he's just being nice, or like he's just excited because you know they came across something that you know that they saw with their own eyes, which they thought was cool." But at times, I felt like I wasn't worthy of of you know their appreciation. I felt like I hadn't really quote unquote made it. Um, so, I mean, in that aspect, I feel like it, that definitely can happen in a job. I feel like, um, you, you know, for instance, uh, my best friend, Marcel, who works over at Google. And the funny thing is when you make it into a job, um, re- regardless of where it is, when you make it into a, a job, it, it seems almost the more that you're paid almost the easier that your workload typically is. You're usually do you're usually sitting at a desk, you know, uh, going through whatever your files is, you know, typing in whatever, but it, that compared to like being a janitor, I would never want to be a janitor. No. Cause you would, that is hard as shit. I've done it. You've done it. Yep. See, I was, I was called maintenance at a, at a, at a health club. Exactly. Now. Mm. So like for, for instance, Chris, you're about to get the biggest paycheck or one of the biggest paychecks. Oh, that's the biggest pay month okay. I've ever had. Okay, the biggest paycheck is it in your life? It, it, yeah. Okay, the biggest paycheck in your life, right? How easy was it compared to being a janitor? Um, a, a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, way easier. Being when I was doing maintenance, I was cleaning men and women's restrooms, showers, mm-hmm. urinals, finding uh, the silver box. Mm-hmm. In a women's restaurant. Oh, I hate those. Yeah. Um, this, I was on my phone half the time. I finished, I caught up on uh, Fear the Walking Dead season yep. three. I'm like, I mean, and I'm making more money than I've ever made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Way <laughs> easier. So, I mean, can you imagine then like that people in the same situation might feel that they're unworthy of that big paycheck at the end if they're doing less work right um no i'm worthy of it i know but can you imagine other people uh, feeling for, that way for that position no maybe if you got up into management maybe um because there's a lot there's a lot that happens in a car dealership in any business really um but i i, I couldn't imagine myself doing that because if i got the position i obviously earned the f- so no. <laughs> everyone no. can eat it <laughs> now now joe you've been around people testing their mental capabilities right pushing themselves to the limit has there ever been a time where some you felt that a person that you came across felt unworthy either in between or at the end of their crossroads i would say a lot of them yes and those are usually i would say to a point those are the people that you want to spend the most time around depending on what I feel like the syndrome that you're talking about when it comes to millennials, I mean, nobody really knows what hard work is anymore, honestly. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, compared to, you know, 21-year-olds today versus 21-year-olds 50 years ago, 
or even 16-year-olds 20 years ago, 15-year-olds 20 years ago, they were fighting wars. And the 21-year-olds now have safe zones in college because they can't put up with someone <laughs> saying that their hair color is wrong. Uh, or, yeah, uh, or anything. I'd say 20 years ago, I was 15 almost. Mm-hmm. I did, So 19 years ago, I got my first job. Right. And, and it, it, there was a self-worth of going to work and getting a job and working hard and going home with a paycheck. And now mm-hmm. uh, I think the, the problem is, is that as millennials started having kids and now they're getting into, you know, they're, they're starting to get into the workforce and they're not millennials, but the last age I was raised by older people. So mm-hmm. it, it, anyone that's close to my age, their parents aren't as old as mine typically. Mm-hmm. And my mom's so, like 63. Okay. See my mom, she's <laughs> in her seventies. Yeah. And, you yeah. Know, I'll be 35 this year. And, and so it's, uh, but they, they're raised differently. There wasn't as much activity in home or, you know, being part of the sports team or, or mm-hmm. the, the Boy Scouts and the parent involvement. So there's, a, there's less worth that I see that some of the younger generation has nowadays compared to people that are a little bit older. Hmm. Uh, there's less self-worth because there wasn't as much grooming in the house. Mm-hmm. Of, I hear you. Good grooming. So, like, so they don't feel like they deserve what they have based yeah. off of their work. Hmm. Well, I mean... Look, like like Joe was saying, just you know, society has changed even just you know twenty years ago, and like like you were saying too, Chris, um, the average person or average kid used to go outside, play outside all day, have fun, don't come back till the lights come on, right? And now all we're doing is kind of like staying at home. Maybe going to the mall every once in a while. We don't even need to go outside to see movies anymore. Movies is online. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's on your phone. It's right. on your phone. And you don't need to go and get your. You don't. If you want to eat out, you don't have to go get it. You can sit there in your comfy clothes and yep. order DoorDash, <laughs> right? And they'll go pick up whatever the fuck you want to eat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and this, there's less of a social aspect too because now instead of going out and talking with their friends text them on her phone right yep, right so there's less you know uh actual verbal um sociability is that a word i'm gonna say it. sociability i'll make up words that's how we get down over here at wwm <laughs> crew um but yeah I, I would say um because of that there's that less social aspect to it and then we go outside and and look for work and something that i found that was interesting that i saw online was uh in germany how they train people for work is that they actually have, um, like, wow, I'm looking for the word. What do, what do, what do you call it when you hire some apprenticeships? Oh, They'll yes. have apprenticeships instead of, like, college. Yeah. Yes. So, like, how they train people to join the workforce is that you'll, most of them would, you know, become an apprentice to someone or join an apprenticeship and they'd be trained up for that job specifically. Mm -hmm. Something that I found is when I go to college, yes, it's interesting to, uh, it's great to advance your knowledge. You always want to, um, try to build upon your intelligence. You always want to make yourself a better person, but I am learning nothing that is going to be helping me in the workforce. If anything, I'm just lurking, learning that the world costs a trillion dollars to get anywhere. Right. Yeah. So when, if other people are on my same path and feeling this as well, and I'm still in school right now, then by the time that they get out, they have their bachelor's degree in hand, which is set up to be this magical door opening 
ticket mm -hmm. that allows you to join the workforce at the, one, the peak levels of work. So after you spent four years paying a bazillion dollars for an education that you don't use in whatever your field mm -hmm. is, then you get hired there. Then you realize that you're making more money than your parents. Yeah. If you get that job, you're making more money than your parents. I can see how that some people would be like, wow, I feel like an imposter. Mm -hmm. yeah. I can see that. I the only that. problem with that, though, is that that situation is like theoretical now. Yeah. Because when you do spend the actually six years, because the first two are figuring out what the f you're doing. Yeah. The time you do get out, that expectation is high that, you know. I put in the work, now I can get a job anywhere. Yeah. You submit your resumes and find out you're competing with five master's degrees. Uh, yeah. yeah. So you're, in fact, not going to get the job, but now you have 60 to 80 grand in debt and are working at McDonald's. Yep. Yeah. So I, it, I've seen that, and I didn't even go to school. I didn't it's, either. I, I, I was I, during the housing crisis in 2008. I yeah, lost, exactly. I lost my job in title and escrow. And so everybody who worked in the financial institutions – we're out fighting for jobs, and here I am. Yeah. I I made good money, been doing it for three years, but there's people who have degrees and that are getting jobs for simple and that I couldn't get a job for. Yes, now exactly. that both of what you guys are saying are absolutely true, and like you were saying, that is, it's no longer the. Um, I wouldn't say it's it's hypothetical or you said theoretical, or more so so that that's normal, that. Getting a degree and then not going anywhere with it mm. is normal. Yeah. So then when you get something that actually applies to your... What? Yeah. You yeah. get something that applies yes. to your bachelor's degree yes. while your best friend that you grew up from childhood, all your classmates are over here like scrounging at McDonald's yeah. like you were saying. Right. And you, out of all people, are the one who get who have your degree do what it's supposed to do. Right. Like once again... That's where I see where it's like, ah, yeah. okay, I that, don't that really would, belong. I could see where that would be. Like, what makes me worthy? So with that said, Joe, how do we change that mental, that mental block saying that we are unworthy? So like, say you're a life coach. Say if um, a person is trying to lose weight, right? But they said, you know what? I'm, I really, I, I don't deserve to lose weight because I've tried it. I've tried a whole bunch of different things and you know what? It just doesn't work for me. What would you say to a person like that? So the first thing that I would have them do as their coach is have them listen to a minimum of 15 minutes of personal development every single day. No, de define. What is that? So basically personal development is anything that helps to cultivate your mindset in a manner that is positive, truthful, and productive. So, um, a lot, and I'm not talking about like motivational tapes or like, I am fantastic and I will get a million dollars today. Now that's turn positive to thinking. Page which two. <laughs> Please turn cassette over. <laughs> yeah, no, but um, identifying the fact that, you know, like my personal belief is that we were all created with a purpose and a value. So that's easy for me to establish and instill in people. But I feel like I'm the rarity when it comes to that because for every person that, um, I'm able to encourage and motivate. They have 30 other people telling them you're not worth anything. You'll never amount to anything and you will never succeed at your dream because yeah. nobody ever does. 
So it's very easy for them to get in that position. But I would first um, create a habit of instilling truth into their mindset because whatever you tell yourself is what you implement, which is why media and environment and society is so powerful because we are sheep. We will, well, not us specifically, but no, you're the right. Community in general. <laughs> he seemed a little fluffy over there. Hey, 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 hey. So do you over there. Oh, that sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> and you're wearing white. <laughs> hey, man, it, it matches the herder. So I just got to. Exactly. I'm more the black sheep than you. Dude, I'm trying to. I'm just trying to get in good with the herder. <laughs> so when. Uh, dang it. My train was derailed. Good job, flock. <laughs> Those rabbit trails, man. But you make them, you said you let you make them listen to 15 minutes every single day. Okay. So, because okay. until their mindset is to the point where they know the truth that they are valuable and that they do have purpose, they're not going to change their physical state. Okay. So that would be, that would be my first step. Okay. Yeah. So something I probably would recommend for that, cause I've been kind of doing that too, is go cast. You guys heard that on uh, Facebook? I have not. Okay. If you guys ever get the opportunity to be, and we want to be inspired, mm-hmm. subscribe on Facebook to Goalcast. One word. Oh, Goalcast. Goalcast. Yes. Okay. Goalcast. Yes. I was like, what the heck are you Go-cast. talking about? Hey, yeah, hey, Goalcast. Like, yeah. Subscribe go-card. to Goalcast today. <laughs> right? But no, they post um, like 30 second to like 60 second videos like every single day yeah. of like uh, people who have made it in whatever profession that they're in just like inspiring speeches yeah oh, that's, that's kind of cool for the majority of what they post Heck yeah I watch yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's freaking awesome I love it so yeah and two YouTube channels I would recommend too are uh, Habits of the Wealthy which are compilations of like usually manageable sizes like 6 to 10 minutes 15 minutes something like that mm-hmm. um, of Jim Rohn Les Brown, Eric Thomas, you know, Wayne Dreyer, just a bunch of other people who are not only motivational speakers, but are very integrated or were integrated in like companies. Like oh, they have been okay. hired by companies, kind of like we had Alan Ram, Grant right. Cardone. God, it rest in peace. Like exactly. Ram, I couldn't believe peace. it when I, I saw it. Me neither. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, what? That, that, for those of you that don't know who Alan Ram is, he's like one of the like best phone trainers in the automotive world when it mm-hmm. comes to car sales. And uh, he passed away in a plane crash. Uh, he was flying a plane. He was an avid pilot and crashed in Mesa, Arizona, and died. Yeah. So rest in peace. He's, he's Absolutely. He was an awesome, amazing, man. Man. awesome man. Absolutely. Anyway, sorry for that rabbit trail. Yeah, but no, I would uh, recommend um, Habits of the Wealthy and also Motiversity on um, YouTube. And then as far as timing too, the first like 10 minutes between waking and sleep are the most impressional for your subconscious. So when it comes to the point that you like input truth and wisdom into your mind those are the best times to do it because that's when your mind is most able to process oh, so porn should not be watched right before you go to bed exactly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry oh my gosh you need some personal development i think i do <laughs> doctor 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 lorma i need you oh my gosh please help me oh my gosh you guys are funny <laughs> All right, so um, we're going to go ahead and start wrapping this up. But first, we're going to get uh, started with some listener mail. Yeah. Wake the f*** up. All right, 
This one is from Stephanie. Hola, Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie. Hello. Stephanie writes, I've been trying to eat kale and it's been a challenge. What are the best foods to stay healthy? Steph. I'm going to defer that over to you. because I can answer these too, even though I'm fat. Really? Yeah. I want the professionals. Well, thing. Well, I was a professional, but go ahead. Mr. Yeah, but that's why he's here for. I let him talk. Give him purpose. I was letting, I was letting him talk. Oh my gosh! Well, first off, I hate kale. Really? So I love it. Why do you hate it's kale? Right, I it tastes like dirt. Right? Well, cook it right. Cook it right. You have to. Cook, I, you cook kale. You, no, yeah, you, steam you do. It. You, you steam do. it. Yeah, so it still lose all the vitamins. It, you steam it. It tastes like dirt with water in it. No, Never mind. You do it right. Oh, well, I, apparently the? I don't cook it right yeah, there's, or something. You, you can use all of I do like kale and... chips though. Kale chips are cool. Okay. Yeah. So kettle chips are the healthy. No, no, no. no. Kale. Kale oh, chips. Kale chips. <laughs> he said kettle chips. <laughs> <laughs> like the ruffles, but the thicker ones. Veggie straws. I was like, what? <laughs> okay. So okay. the answer to this, anyway, Stephanie. <laughs> so, and, so basically what, what are healthy foods is what she was saying. Right. What are the best foods to stay healthy? To stay healthy. Okay. So ideally, being who I am, I would recommend supplementation because if you look at the um, soil content and richness of soil after World War II, you'll notice that it's almost entirely depleted because not only do we not know how to rotate our crops in the U.S., but due to the um, chemicals in the environment after World War II, the produce that we have today, if you compared a bowl of spinach from, you know, in the 40s, to now we have like a fraction of the nutrients in our fruits and vegetables and produce that we used to. So in order to get the amount of micronutrients that you need, you can no longer do it completely without proper supplementation. So um, ensuring that you are getting all your micronutrients and your proper macros is essential, which is what I do. Okay, there we go. Stephanie, eat your supplements and vegetables. This one is from Fred. Hi, Fred. Hi, Fred. <laughs> Fred. If you're feeling suicidal, what can you do to help? Fred. Uh, and there are websites uh, or phone numbers. There's helplines. There's uh, did, did the person that you trust the most in your life go to that person. And yeah. if you don't trust very many people, go to whoever is the, the, the one that you would trust more than anyone else, even if they're not the most trustworthy. And see, get help. Go to a fire station go to a hospital go see somebody go to a freaking priest like i was saying earlier i would say um go to a trained professional because that's exactly what they're there for like oh you know like i was saying earlier we're a society that's self-indulgent and we this is a me 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 culture we don't speak much to uh to looking into other people's feelings and how do you feel? I don't give a like that's that's the mentality. So mm-hmm. I, I would say we actually have trained professionals who are paid to care. Mm-hmm. Yes, they there there are also people who do this for a living for free. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and uh, the the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, it's a lifeline. It's it's uh, the number is one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. Honestly, if you don't have somebody that's close to you that you can talk to first. If you are thinking about suicide, please call. They're 24 hours. They're there to help you. They're there to calm you down and help you get past where you're at, and they find you the right help. So give them a call. The number again is 1-800-273-8255. Absolutely. Absolutely. What's that number one more time? Uh, it is 1-800-273-8255. There we go. 
third time's a charm, guys. Yes. Mm-hmm. But for real. But yeah, seriously, if if you are feeling that way, Fred, definitely give uh, give that number a call. And I, um, hope, I hope you're okay if that was for you. Yeah, there's people out there that uh, that care. We care. We care. We sure care. Do. We crack jokes, but we care. Joseph Lerma, what is the best way for people to contact you or get a hold of you if they want to change their life? So basically, social media-wise, to see what my lifestyle looks like, they can follow me on Instagram at Coach Big Lerm. Um, my email for direct mode of communication is biglermofficial at gmail.com. Um, we also uh, recently opened a nutrition club slash smoothie shop in Citrus Heights, which is where I was at uh, earlier today, and that is at 12417 Fair Oaks Boulevard, right next to the Urgent Care. Um, what city? Citrus Heights. Citrus Heights. Citrus Heights. California. Oh, you know. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this has been fun, guys. I want to thank one more time our special guest, Joseph Lerma, wellness life coach, for coming through. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. <laughs> and this is Diodonis. Hey, this is Truex. Coach Big Lerm. Peace out. We will out. catch you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye. If you'd like your question asked on air, email us at wwmpodcast at gmail.com. Follow and like on Facebook at What's With Millennials. Follow on Instagram at wwm underscore show. And send us a tweet at wwm show on Twitter. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>